fellow treasure hunters and historians of the audio world. We're your favorite Vin Diesel-themed podcast that answers the one question that's on your mind, that's on our mind, that's on the whole world's mind. Is there any movie that's better than Vin Diesel's 2005 seminal masterpiece, The Pacifier? This is what we aim to answer here on No Highway Option. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Luke, and uh, the piece of treasure I am is a scroll from the Library of Alexandria. That is a big one. I'm one of your other hosts, Connor J. Burke, and I am Blue Man with Funny Goatee. (laughs) I knew it. We have a special guest with us today. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much for having me. My name is Matt. <laughs> Sometimes I go by Martin, but on TikTok, but I'll, I'll go with Matt today. And my treasure, I would be a penny that's heads up that grants you luck for 20 years. Right on. All right. Uh, Thanks. So in case you couldn't tell from that intro, we are watching the Nick Cage smash hit National Treasure, given to us by last week's guest, the National Treasure Hunt podcast. Thank you, guys. It's a school movie. Like, yeah, watched it a bunch in school, watched it at home, always stuck in the back of my head for a thing that I'll talk about later. But, I don't know, it was like a cool action movie as a child, and watching it now, it's still a pretty cool action movie. Yeah. How about... Yeah, I have a long, rich history with this movie. I mean... All-time classic. I'll start with that. Probably, if I could, I'd watch it every single day. But I've probably stuck to about once a month for the last 10 years. So, Right on. Nice. I love it. Um, yeah, m- much the same as you guys. This is a classic. I hadn't seen it in a while. Um, at the beginning of quarantine, I watched the sequel. Um, and I don't remember what put that in my head. Just like it was one night, it was a random watch. But I have not seen the original in a while. Yeah, I think this is the first time I've watched it all the way through without commercial breaks or, okay, it's Christmas break, breaks. It really is. It's in the roster with, like, we had, I would say, School of Rock and this one and, like, Finding Nemo were the the all-the-time elementary school movies. Finding Nemo was a way too much school movie i feel like when they make these movies i wanted to bring this up when we were talking about the movie but i can bring it up now i feel like when they're pitching them they can be like hey they're gonna watch these in schools forever and like that's how you're gonna make your money back like i feel like this osmosis jones ah that's another one i missed that one yeah like any history or like some type of real science exists (laughs) in it my favorite piece of obscure history is Ozzy and Drix is traveling throughout the body on a rotten oh, I egg. I love Ozzy and Drix. Uh, so you guys want to bust into the beat-by-beat beat analysis? Yeah. All right. Gladly. Our movie opens. We are... We, we seen up on a young Benjamin Gates. Uh, he is in his grandfather's attic, poking around looking for something, and uh, we get a grandpa jump scare right off the bat. I was Spooky Christopher Plummer. Yeah. That was so spooky. (laughs) 
I did not expect that. I I don't think I'd remembered him at all. Um, but I saw him and I was like, oh man, maybe. I know that he's not the dad. I know that he's not in the rest of this movie, but he, has a, he had a good, uh, I don't know, there's something about him. He's a good actor. Yeah. Like, a... <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't he Gandalf? No, that's Ian McKellen. Darn Christopher. It. I told all my friends I was Gandalf. <laughs> Who was Chris? I'm a liar. Christopher Plummer was in The Sound of Music. Like, the original. Is He's he Mr. Von... He's Mr. Von Trapp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, and the... Not Gandalf? Nah. Unfortunately. Yeah, that stinks. You know, the real Georg was like... Was like 50. And Maria was 18. I mean... It's unfortunate, but how surprising is it? I don't know, just, just a weird fun fact. <laughs> um, oh, he's also uh, Charles Muntz in Up. I did not know that. Eh. Cool. Wow. I actually wrote in my notes... I took notes, if that's okay. Um, I wrote, Gandalf inspired me to look for treasure in the opening scene. But, <laughs> there you uh, go. Holy... That can just be like now. a personal thing to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just for me. Yeah. No one else. Uh, anyway, so at, the Grandpa jump scare happens, and Grandpa Christopher Plummer uh, lets us know what we're going to be chasing here for the rest of the film. This, uh, this mysterious treasure that has a family history that's tied to our protagonists we get a little history flashback and the last living signer of the declaration of independence charles carroll is dying and he has a secret he's going to the white house he wants to give it to andrew jackson but Andrew Jackson can't talk right now. He's doing Hawkeye Genocide or something. Uh, so He's too busy being a punk rock yeah. musical 2008 emo kid. Uh, so he tells the secret to the only person who's around. His Is it a stig boy? Is it just his driver boy? What is this? Someone Gates. <laughs> his his, his Gates little boy. friend who drives his cart. Uh, who is the great, great grandfather of... Christopher Plummer, who is Ben's grandfather, so the great, great, great grandfather. There's going to be a quiz later. Maybe he was Gandalf. No? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Ian McKellen's probably somewhere in that line. Yeah, that okay. was a child, cool. Ian McKellen. <laughs> and the secret is that there is a great treasure that goes all the way back. It was in King Solomon's temple. And the Knights Templar found it, and they thought that it was too much of a treasure for anyone to have, so they had to hide it. And then the Knights Templar stopped being a thing, so the Freemasons took it over, and the Freemasons hid it somewhere in the country. And the last clue that anyone has lies with Char, who might be a boat. But we don't know that yet. Uh, it's a possibility. Yeah, it's it's always a possibility. Anyone could be a boat at any time. I think it's safe to say at this point, this this was based on a true story, right? Like the whole thing. To somebody, it I'll probably has wrong. to have been. Well, I think that there okay. are... I Overall, no. But there are pieces of this 
that are based on stuff. Um, there is a there's like a rumored Templar treasure, and some of like like the Silence Do Good letters exist. The yeah, the a lot of the stuff that they're looking at is real. Just not the fact all that tied it's to like, one grand treasure conspiracy. Yeah, well, this was yeah. like 2004. Didn't the Da Vinci Code come out this year as well? Like, not the movie. The movie was 06, I think. But this, like, this is like conspiracy code cracking time. Like, this is when it's big. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just thought, like, if it was real they're giving away every single clue to this treasure. Like, someone can go find it now. And I was a little shocked by that, that they would just, you know, reveal all the secrets like that. Yeah. So. I also thought it was kind of funky that, like, for all the way back to the time of the pyramids in Egypt, there were people guarding this treasure. And then in between the years of, like, 1820, and now, it just stopped. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> That's the exact same backstory that the minions get in their movie. <laughs> they do a whole bunch of stuff, and then they fight with Napoleon, and then they sit in a cave until the 70s when they go to America. Amazing. So what we're saying is the treasure is real and it's hidden by the minions. Exactly. <laughs> Illumination, you got some splaining to do. This whole story gets told to young Benjamin Gates with the the cherry on top that it is his birthright to figure it out and also that his name his middle name is franklin benjamin franklin gates is knighted as a knight templar even though his dad patrick doesn't like the treasure and he wants to take ben home and it's good old you know how like all the marvel movies are like oh de-aging super technology like get rid of all the wrinkles in the face and stuff Remember yeah. when de-aging was just like, yeah, we'll make John Voight blonde for a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude still yeah, looks old, but, like, he's got he's different colored hair. Man. That's true. I didn't even think about that until you said that. But, yeah, yeah, that is what happened. That is what I just watched. I also did out loud say, come on, when, they, when his middle name was Franklin. That's like, oh, that's the yeah. one thing I remembered. I was like, that's his name. I thought of the turtle, <laughs> Franklin. Yeah, I was very engaged as well the whole time. Like, me, and I watched it with a couple of friends. We gasped audibly, like, probably a dozen times. And I got goosebumps a lot, too. I'll just say that. Like, there was a lot of inspirational moments. I was fully invested. It does hold up, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we flash forward, and now it's present day, and we're traveling through the Arctic on some sort of giant, it looks like a, a gator, but outfitted to much larger and outfitted. Snowmobile, but big. Yeah. Well, I guess. <laughs> I guess technically it, it is a thing that goes through the snow, so. It is a mobile it is to all go through a snow. mobile in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are introduced to... Two new characters, Riley and Ian. Riley uh, used to work at a vague desk, and now he does something for the team. Um, Computers. He's stuff. like, yeah, vaguely the brains of the operation. The brains of the operation that we're going to insult about his intelligence for the rest of the film. 
the brains for everything that isn't history brains. connect the dots games. Yeah. Um, and Ian, who looks an awful lot like he's about to be our villain, but right now is helping us on this treasure hunt. And this is where we find Charlotte, who is a boat buried in the ice in the Arctic, who sailed out of Boston, but in real life sailed from somewhere else. Yeah, I did the... listen to some of National Treasure Hunt today. Good show. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of on the IMDb uh goofs page there's so much stuff that's like this is not historically accurate and this is not historically accurate and this is and i'm like i know i know that (laughs) yeah it seems like you should know that going in trust me if you want to hear us complain not us me complain about stuff not being accurate just wait a couple of scenes i'm i just wanted it to be real (laughs) everyone's just hoping that they can follow these clues to the treasure I started the other day. I went to the Charlotte area. Just cold. <laughs> no boat. Charlotte, North Carolina, or the Arctic to look for the Charlotte? You, yeah, I started with Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I thought that's probably where it might be. You have to find exactly what's halfway through those two points. And that's right, where you did. Yeah. Canada. I called Nick Cage, too. Yeah, we were all working probably together. Like, probably like Greenland. Um, <laughs> so after they unearthed the boat... They all get inside of the boat and start poking around, looking for things. They find a whole mess of gunpowder, which Lots. might or might not be a surprise tool to help us later. And uh, they find the captain of the ship. He is a, a dead skeleton boy, and he is holding a box with uh, a pipe in it. It's, and uh, the pipe has a clue with blood. Mm-hmm. The, the pipe is a clue, but they didn't bring any ink. So the only way to use it is for Benjamin to cut his thumb and use blood as the ink. Yeah. Very crazy. Yeah. And the clue itself is the legend writ, the stain affected, the key in silence undetected. The 55 iron pen Mr. Matlock can offend. Somehow I knew you were going to have the whole clue pulled up for it. Oh, no, I actually... Did you memorize No, that? I wrote it down as I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is important to bring up. Say. It's like the first big thing besides Nicolas Cage saying, I'm just relieved I'm not as crazy as everyone says, which yeah. hits different now. That clue, after there's a, there's a minute where everyone doesn't kind of know what it is, and then Nicolas Cage kind of like mind MacGyvers it out. I love these scenes where they just talk, where it's just like, iron, iron means, it it means pen, it means mineral, it doesn't mean mineral, it means pen, it means ink, it means the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) It's it's just like that. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) He's a verbal processor. Yeah. And uh, so we need the Declaration of Independence. But uh, how are we going to get that? It's the Declaration of Independence. This is, we get a little bit of a dispute here because Ian says, I could just, we could just steal that out of there. I'm a stealer guy. That's what I do when I'm not hunting treasures. And Nicolas Cage is very opposed to that idea. And Ian, uh, this is where Ian breaks from the party. He, if, if Ben's not going to help him steal the Declaration of Independence, he's going to do it on his own. He's going to figure it, it takes out. takes him like 15 minutes to be like, I am Badman. Yeah. 
Nicolas Cage lights a flare and uh, tosses it and then gets in the him and Riley get in a little a compartment underneath smugglers the smugglers hold yeah the smugglers hold uh, and blow the ship up uh, but it's okay because there's a secret uh, no blow up hole in the ship I love how the opening to this movie is just the climax of a different movie we've never seen. Like, I can see a movie ending with this. And then them being like, wow, yeah. we got away. Yeah. And, like, set up for the sequel, which ends up being National Treasure. But no, they're like, this is the opening, screw it. <laughs> you want, like, uh, National Treasure prequel? I mean, not really, but, like, I'll take it. Yeah. Three. It would have been a huge bummer if when he threw the flare, if they didn't catch it, because then they just would have blown up, and then the movie would have had to be over. It's <laughs> no more, no more characters. It would have been a very somber, serious ending. Just a slow I was thinking about band. that when it when it was yeah. I was like, I hope someone catches that thing, because if not, this is gonna be done. But <laughs> we still would have had John Voight. We could have just followed him eating sad pizza at home. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have watched it. Uh, so now two of our characters know that there is a plot to steal the Declaration of Independence, and they go to warn the authorities in D.C., but they don't believe them, because it's kind of like he just showed up on the doorstep and said aliens were coming. And, uh, at this point, it's also revealed that the Gates family name is ridiculed, so he goes by Patrick Brown? Right? Uh, Sounds right. I know it ends yeah. in Brown. Yeah, it's P. Brown. I forget if it's Peter or Patrick. Yeah. But uh, he which... uses that fake name to meet with Abigail. Uh, Dr. Abigail Chase. Yes. I was wondering, though, is Bill Gates part of this Gates family? Is that I was thinking the where same he thing. got all his money? I also Microsoft, but... <laughs> <laughs> the first Microsoft computer is in that treasure hole down there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. That's fair. I guess. He do have the money for that. So he takes his fake name and he meets with she's like the curator or the something of the the hall where the Declaration of Independence is held. Yeah, she's a big archivist. Yeah. And we notice in her office that she also is a history boy. Um, she has a thing with all a, a, a case with all of the buttons from all of well not all of the buttons a copy of each campaign button from George Washington's runs except for one year and Ben is intrigued he's she loved those buttons yeah uh, he but she does not she does not buy into the story about the stealing of the Declaration of Independence. So they leave, and Ben comes to the decision, we're going to have to steal the Declaration of Independence. In order to... That's when I got the goosebumps, right there. <laughs> goosebumps. In order for them not to steal it, we have to steal it. Right. Makes sense. That's the line. I don't know. The Earlier you said the, the Benjamin Franklin line. This one is the one. What? The like the line that you remember? Oh yeah, the I'm gonna steal the declaration of independence. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
It's I guess it's more of the meme. Uh, that's maybe one of the most iconic film lines ever. Can we say that? Yeah, yeah, I feel comfortable pretty, with that. Yeah, three. I'd say it's around there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's definitely my top one. Yeah. Uh, we also we find out some tidbits about what we're looking for on the back uh, through this through Ben trying to convince Abigail. He tells her that there is a map on the back and that it's invisible. It's a treasure map. <laughs> it's, it's an invisible treasure map that we're gonna have to gonna have to take a look at. So, did you guys think of Dora the Explorer at all in this movie <laughs> while you're watching this? I mean, and if so. Like, who do you think is a better explorer Not, between Nick Cage and Dora? Dora needs so much help from children, is the thing. True. And yeah, Nicolas Cage and Justin Bartha and all them, they only need help from one child at one point. So, that's a good pretty point. Pretty evenly matched. There is a child. But not yet. No. Uh, so now we're going to have to... Now we're briefly in the middle of a heist film. I love the weird CG heist nonsense. <laughs> yeah, love uh, it. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> ben Ben says that they're going to have to steal the declaration, and Riley takes him to the Library of Congress to tell him just how not possible that is, so we can get a heist set up with everything mm-hmm. that's going on there. Um, and I, I agree with Connor. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty and... good stuff there. How we can look at the Library of Congress and go, Shrek's in there now. At least that's what I did. <laughs> it is? I mean, Shrek is right up there. It's... No, but it's literally in the Library of Congress. They added it a couple months ago. <laughs> I know, but I was like, it's... Also, Ogres yeah, are yes. like onions is also probably one of those lines with the Declaration of Independence. True. That's top three. Wait, what about Shrek? Uh, it was added to the National Film Registry for its uh, cultural and historical importance in, like, November or December. So, yeah, I mean, talk about National Treasure, Shrek, right there. <laughs> I was going to say, Shrek's 2001, so this is National Treasure's only three years away from getting added in. Mm-hmm. I don't know the... I don't know the criteria. Oh, I don't actually know either. I'm just saying, if you go by pure math. (laughs) By, by year. I like to think it's like the, uh, like one of the hall of fames. It probably is. like, there's a class of people and you have to decide like, what are the movies this year? Who are the players? Shrek was an easy one. Yeah. Mm. I'd personally pick Shrek. uh, I'd pick Shrek 2 over it, but... Whoa. That's wild. Shrek is like... I I respect your opinion. They're both good, but... They're both good. Shrek is like one of the people you know, for sure. Like, Shrek is... Shrek is Tom Brady. You know that they're getting inducted. It's somewhere in the middle of their... Right. You look at some other ones, you don't know. Connor, why are you you making that face? Because you said Tom Brady. Oh my god. Do you think do you think that Shrek would be better at football than Tom Brady though? Maybe not as quarterback, but like linebacker? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone sure. would run away from him because he's so stinky. There's a lot of stopping yeah, power there. Smells. Yeah. Oh man. Kinda makes me want like a like a 
backyard football style game with uh, like just random not from football characters, Shrek and like other movie characters. You mean like a character from National Treasure? Yeah, or the like, movie we're supposed to be I talking guess, about. I mean, Benjamin Gates has got to be like your coach, you know? Yeah, but he'd be his uh, play structure instead of being like, all right, you like cross left, you go right. He'd be like, all right, 24, 96, 43, 82, and then that means touchdown, right? And then I was worried that we were going to start talking about Shrek for an hour. That's, I was trying my best. That could accidentally happen. <laughs> For sure. That would be easy to do. There's there's no rule in it now. It, it, it could always come back to Shrek. That's good to know. Welcome to, I have more to, welcome say. to Shrek, Shrek way option. <laughs> but anyway, we're talking about National Treasure, not Shrek. So right now, we're in the middle of Ben and Riley are figuring out how to uh, steal the declaration before Ian does. And uh, they come to the conclusion that they have to they have to get it into the the preservation room, mm. which is surprisingly not well guarded for having the actual Declaration of Independence in there. Um, but for the gala, it's not right. Right, there's going to be a gala somewhere else. That's fair, but this is like I don't know the room where all the artifacts are going down. It's a movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, so there's a gala going on at the same time. Uh, Ben sneaks in as a janitor, but has, he does the James Bond suit thing, or I guess like maybe Hitman, I don't know, where he goes into the bathroom and changes right into a tux. Um, And Riley... Something I would like to point out is Riley gets the declaration down into the preservation room by shining a huge laser pointer onto the heat center. It's a temperature laser. Yeah. I was hoping the lasers were going to be brought up. They they show off him like aiming it at a thermometer and it's just going like boop, 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 boop. And he's like, oh, yeah. Right. But it's a green laser that's fully (laughs) visible. Yeah, kind of reminds me of Shrek. Green. So green. <laughs> you have to vis- um, This is also a movie that's partially for children, so like you have to have some visualization. Sure. I just thought it was funny, the idea of them being like, we gotta be real sneaky, guys, and then walking in <laughs> with a huge laser and standing in the middle of the room and just holding it on the heat sensor. To be fair, it's being on top like, of I don't know idea. what happened to the sensor. I don't know how it broke. It's on top of a video <laughs> camera, so he's just staring at it. Yeah, that's true. I just wonder how many people went in with lasers after this movie to, just to see what would happen. <laughs> with how many oh. kids are pressing their face up against the glass too close <laughs> to be like, where's the temperature sensor? <laughs> right. Oh, now they got a new one. Uh, so the, the declaration gets down to the preservation room. Ben gets into the gala. Uh, he bumps into Abigail. Says a, a, lot of, a lot of weird things over a glass of champagne. Mm-hmm. He chugged that thing, yeah. too. Yeah. While this treasure is real and he's not crazy in that way, he is a weird dude. For sure. I think yeah. it's safe to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to argue you on that point. Uh, Sven slips on down to the preservation room and 
he goes to grab the declaration, but uh, uh oh, someone's coming and they've taken out the cameras. I don't know who it could possibly be, but in a moment of panic, Ben just grabs the whole case, the whole declaration in the whole case. He goes, he starts running towards and, the opposite end. And Riley asks, well, uh, is it heavy? Yeah. <laughs> it looks heavy. Yeah. It looks very heavy, yeah. but I don't. I wrote that line down. I don't know why I found it very funny. It was memorable to me, too. I feel like Nick Cage had to work out for like five months to prepare for lifting that thing. <laughs> also, I know that it's just strong glass, but I really like the idea that they were preparing for people to shoot at the declaration. <laughs> just um, in case. Yeah, gotta be prepared for everything. The one guy who installed that's like, I told you, I told you. <laughs> I knew we were gonna need it. Uh, so he takes, he starts walking away, and uh-oh, Ian is coming in with his whole team of henchmen. Uh, and as mentioned earlier, they shoot at the bulletproof glass. Well, they're shooting at Ben, but Ben is able to use the thing as a shield. He's Captain he, America. Yeah. He ducks into a back room, and we're lucky that he walked in as a janitor, because now he has a little screwdriver that he can just take this thing apart and pull the declaration out with. Uh, he pops pops right back up topside, and he is starting to leave, but he's caught by someone in the gift shop who thinks he's stealing a replica of the declaration, so he has to buy it it's a good bit it is um but uh it's 35 dollars and he only has less than 35 dollars so he has to pay with a card which again chekhov's visa yeah chekhov's visa so ben takes he's almost out he he actually gets out of the building and abigail sees this going on and uh starting to think something's fishy she doesn't think he's on the register she goes to check with the people at the front He's not on the register. She follows him outside. And she takes what we think is the declaration from him. And Ben's like, it's fine. He just gets in the van with Riley. They start to drive. But uh uh-oh, here comes Ian and gang in a food truck to grab Abigail. Because they also think she has the declaration. I don't think it needed to be a food truck. But I liked when pots and pans were falling on him and making him go ouch. Yeah. That's extra chaos. That was fun. Yeah. I was wondering, like, where they stole that from. I'm assuming they stole it because Ian's so just mean-spirited. And I was like, that stinks, you know? That was someone's food truck. They either stole it or the food truck driver, like, it was like, hey, give this to us. Or, like, do you want to drive? It's, (laughs) like, going to be, like, $40,000. We're looking for treasure. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) True. That could have been it. I hope one of those guys was... He operates a food truck as his side hustle to stealing things. Also possible. Maybe. Yeah, I run a food truck before the age of social media. It's not a huge uh, job yet. Right. It's uh, Let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a car chase. Not our not our last chase of the film. Put our close. No. The stakes are high. We're in the middle of traffic. Riley's swerving in and out of traffic. They, Ian 
grabs the decoration from Abigail. Abigail is on the back door of the van, and she's swinging all around. And Diane Kruger doing her own stunts. Ah, good for her. Very nice. And they, uh, the Furious Seven, her into the van. Mm-hmm. Yep. My heart was racing big time. I was all sweaty, too. This, the, like, these moments, half my notes just, like, end with something about it, and then afterwards, this is a good movie. Cause, yeah, like, man. I'm just, I'm just sitting here enjoying myself at this point. Like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. This is an excellent film. Just cinematic <laughs> masterpiece. I was saying the same thing. I concur. Um... <laughs> so now our team's all together Ben and Abigail and Riley they drive away in the van and Riley and Abigail are both like well now they have the thing we want the thing what do we do and Ben is like it's fine it's not the real thing it's a fake thing turns out he has purchased two copies of the Declaration of Independence which we don't see but okay <laughs> Do you ever fully see all the stuff with the heist stuff? Heist movie stuff? Yeah, the Ooh. FBI shows him buying it, and he has one. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine, but I just was like, oh, wait a minute. No, they show him buying the one that we saw. Like, we don't see the other. What, does he just go back and he's like, oh, another transaction, please? No, I, th- I figured that he bought the other one first. Oh, he could have. And then he just paid for the real one on the way out. That's a possibility. If that was a mistake, it was the only one in the whole movie. <laughs> just rest wait. Is perfection. Just wait till Other they. Other than that, just wait till they get to Philly. <laughs> um, oh. So now we find out that uh, Ben has to. We got to take the declaration to. Two things happen. First, we we talk about how Ben has to go see his dad. To get the silence do good letters, because um, the which, key in silence undetected. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> I was about to say why. Why did he already know to get the letters for the code that we don't have yet? Um, but that answers that question. Uh, and also, we are introduced to our detective character, who minor villain exists. Uh, Agent Sadusky, played by Harvey Keitel. Who shuffles from place to place. Yeah, he's kind of bouncing around oh, following him. One of the extra cops... Or, I guess not extra. The, there's the detective, and then there's like two cops that follow him around. And one of them is Jacob from Lost. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty wild, you know. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, but I guess like... Word. I said world, didn't I? I'll take your word for it, Connor. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's like Pedro Pascal and Wonder Woman. Anyway. Anyway, so now we're on we're on the way to Ben's dad's house. Uh, there is some tension. We don't really know what the tension is about until we get there. And then, uh, as mentioned before, it's all about how Ben's dad hates the treasure. He has... I honestly think a pretty interesting theory about the whole thing being fake. That it's gone. 
Well, the one about it just being something to distract the fish. Yeah, right. I thought that was, I mean, ultimately fake, but could be a real explanation. When they're talking to John Voight, uh, Patrick, his dad at the house, he says something about, like, I had my time with you. I had my time with your mother for that brief time I had her. It sounds like the mom is dead, right? No. I know she's Maybe it's because I watched the other one recently first. Because she's Helen Mirren, but, like, in the next one. But, yeah, watching this, I was like, oh, that's, like, this is a guy whose wife died. Well, doesn't he say, doesn't he outright say she left? I thought he said she left. He might have, and I might have missed that, because I was laughing at something else happening. But... What was the other thing? I don't know. That's why I didn't mention anything about it. Oh. Ben has to hide out here. He has to... We have to take a look at the the back of this thing. We have to try and figure out what makes the... What makes the secret invisible map appear. And uh, turns out it's lemons. Lemons is the secret. So lemon. Well, you need lemons, lemons and, and hot. You need, you need heat. Yeah. The uh, that was a crazy. I think that was the craziest scene by far. When they were blowing on it, breathing. <laughs> it's a on great it. reveal. Yeah, that was wild. And it just fades a little bit, and it's like we need more lemons. We need more heat. And John Voight just has like. A huge stack of lemons in his fridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why does and a man need that many lemons if he lives alone? He lives alone and is only eating pizza. And lemons, apparently. And, and how hot is their breath? Like, they're like dragons. They lit that thing up so quick. <laughs> they were like, uh, it was the it was the raw chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two- there was a lot of chemistry in that scene. <laughs> they chewed sim cinnamon gum beforehand yeah true that could have been it so they uh they reveal that on the back of the declaration of independence it's not exactly just a regular like x marks the spot map it's coordinates or it's numbers it's a series of numbers all the way down the back it's a code yeah it's a do you know the name of the code i forget exactly what kind of cipher it is i think it starts with an n but it's correspond. It's three numbers that correspond to a page, a line, a line, a and word, and a letter mm-hmm. in the silence. Do good letters, which apparently are real. Yeah, no, that was a real thing. Yeah, series of letters that Benjamin Franklin wrote to the Hartford Courant, which is a newspaper that his brother was in charge of at the time. Mm-hmm. He wrote that it was like under a pseudonym. He was 15. He was 15 and he wrote letters like being like, these are my opinions. This is what I think. But he was like, but I am a 44 year old widower named Silence Duguid. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to name my kid that. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're going to get. That's all I got. That's all I had to say. Then you're going to get some English teacher being like, shouldn't it be Silence Do Well? Oh gosh, never mind. <laughs> I want to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> now, Patrick is supposed to have these letters, but Patrick doesn't have the letters anymore because he donated them to the Franklin, Franklin Institute. Institute. 
Yes. It's Philly time. It is Connor time. <laughs> um, I grew up in New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. I go to Philadelphia a lot. If I was ever to claim a city as my city, it would be Philadelphia. And also, well, we'll get to the thing with my dad later. Ah. But first, the trivia page is like, oh, well, when they go into Philadelphia, the shot shows them going across the Ben Franklin Bridge because it's the historical thing and it's getting them to the Franklin Institute and it's an Easter egg. No, it's not. Ben Franklin Bridge gets you into Center City the easiest. Walt Whitman Bridge is going to dump you in South Philly. Then you gotta just take more <laughs> routes around. Um, also, judging by the way this movie treats it, what do you think the Franklin Institute is? A museum. Dedicated to Ben Franklin? Like a National Library type thing? Uh, I didn't know specifically. I just... What do you think, Matt? I was just thinking of the turtle again. <laughs> Franklin. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it is a very fun science museum with a bunch of exhibits where you can run around and play, and there's a whole exhibit about how the science of trains works, and there's like... Whoa. So it's not... There's no history component? I mean, there... So, the... The scene is there's a kid running in, looking at the silence, do good letters, doing the code, and handing them outside to Riley. Yeah. The uh, room with the Ben Franklin statue is real. That is uh, usually the exit, but that is one of the ways to get into the museum. But those cases with the silence, do good letters, none of that exists. That's kind of just an empty room with the statue. And, like, you go to the right and there's the food court. But then behind the statues, like the IMAX theater, the giant heart zone, the electricity rooms, all that stuff. You're breaking my heart right now, yeah. Connor. Hey, man, this movie breaks my heart when I realize, oh, man, my dad was right every time he complained about how inaccurate Philadelphia is portrayed <laughs> in this movie. Go Eagles. Go Birds. Yeah. But I, yeah, as Connor just said, the silence two good letters, I guess, are not really there. But in the movie, Philly... Well, were you there in 2004, Connor? Were the letters there in 2004? I don't think so, no. Mm, good question. But I definitely was there in 2000. I think 2004 was when I had the Boy Scout sleepover party. And that was three years after Shrek was released, the 2001 classic. That's true. It's a couple months after Shrek 2 was released. Oh, snap. And it's a, it a tragic <laughs> end to the franchise. They were only made two. There was so much wasted potential there. We need to we need to crack the code here. We need to use the letters to get we we need to use the silence do good letters to suss out what the message is. So Riley pays a child to go in and out of the museum and he gives him line by line. He gives him look at these and bring me the letters back. And he does. And while he's doing that, Ian shows up. And Ian crosses past with the child and doesn't think anything of it at first. And then he sees him looking at letters and writing stuff down. And that makes him think, kids don't look at letters and write stuff down. So he goes out to see Riley. Or he goes out to see, he assumes Ben and Riley and all that. But when he looks at the bench, no one is there anymore. Because, because Riley figured out the last word before the kid could get out there, and it is 
Stowe. It is at the House of Passons Stowe, which is initially thought to be the Liberty Bell, but then it turns out it's Independence Hall, because that's where the Liberty Bell originally was. And li- the Liberty Bell is in a different spot. That is accurate. Yeah. And so he rushes over to the place where Abigail and Ben are buying clothes to blend in and low chemistry flirting. Um, to let them know that we're looking for the Independence Hall and Ben goes on another history tangent about how the clue leads us to the clock in Independence Hall and so we gotta find out what time it's pointing to in the painting on a hundred dollar bill so he grabs the nearest water bottle which, as we all know, is a magnifying glass. And he <laughs> looks at the time on the clock, and it's 2.22, I believe, which yep. has passed for today. Oh, no. But actually, Riley knows something that they don't know, which is that daylight savings time has not yet been invented. Well, had not yet been invented at the time of that I, painting. I like his little victory. Yeah, I do too. Like, I know how you feel, bud. Yeah, I like a lot of Riley. Riley good. He was so proud. (laughs) Riley good. Uh, And while while they're coming to this epiphany, Ian and his uh, useless henchmen are in a van, Yahoo searching, I I guess, just information about the Liberty Bell. So yeah, the first piece of trivia is the good guys use Google, the bad guys use Yahoo. Ah. <laughs> which i think is interesting i don't know if it's like the you've heard the apple thing right apple prohibits bad guys from using iphones in yeah, movies i think i have heard that so i wonder if it's the same thing maybe would... i'm a bing guy so i don't know what that makes me <laughs> something uh, else entirely andrew garfield spider-man <laughs> oh yeah i remember him using bing for some reason I will take it. I've always wanted to be Spider-Man. All it takes is Bane. Yeah, I got bit by a Black Widow recently. Like, this is a real story. And then I thought I was going to turn into Spider-Man, but didn't. It was a bummer. Sad. So the rumors aren't true. (laughs) Well, was it radioactive? I thought. I mean, I guess not. Did it feel it didn't spell enough to make its system go? That's a... No. (laughs) That's the that's the missing ingredient. Uh, so the real the real time is something that's coming up. So they can get to the they can get to the clock tower in time. Um, so they rush over. They go on the secret staircase up to the top there, and they look at the shadow that is projected from the clock tower at that specific time of day, and it leads them to a brick in the wall over by um, farther across the roof. Yep, all in all, it's just a brick in the wall. Yeah. Um, and it's got specks in it. It does. Fancy, colorful specks. Fancy, colorful Benjamin Franklin glasses that help you read treasure maps and stuff. Well, he did make the bifocals. Yeah. So this is just the, I guess, the prototype version of them? I guess, yeah. They look cool. I want to get a pair of those. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, they look spicy. I just have a regular pair. They're lame. Yeah, I just have... <laughs> they don't have the different 3D colors. 
No. Yeah. I want those. Yeah, man. You could see 3D movies by yourself and just like flip, flip, flip. <laughs> that sounds <Exactly>. stressful. <laughs> I'd have fun. Just flipping back and forth the whole time. Yeah. I think I get a headache. 3D gives everyone a headache. I was I was just in it for the fashion. But... <laughs> now you have to think about it. While they are looking at the Declaration of Independence through the bifocals, which gives them a message. A clue that is a cross, and it says, here at the wall with two E's. Yes. That's all it has so far. Yes. So far, that's all that we're looking at, and that makes them think it's maybe near Wall Street, but they don't have much time to think more about it because they see Ian and gang through the window, heading towards them. So it's time for them to split up and for another chase and for a, a, a new segment where... So, growing up, my dad, when he watched this film with me, my dad's also big Philly area guy. Uh, watching it, he audibly was like, this is ridiculous. This chase doesn't make any sense. And as a petulant fourth grader, I was like, shut up, dad. This movie is good. I'm going to talk to him right now about just how he feels about how Philadelphia is portrayed in movies and how these sequences go. Because he's complained about it with, like, Rocky and Invincible and stuff like that, too. Alright, everybody, we promised this in the episode. I forget if I'm putting this at the end or in the middle. But this is my dad, John. Say hi. Hi. And, yeah, as mentioned, uh, the first time I watched National Treasure with him... He made a big deal about how during the one chase scene, it was a little inaccurate geography-wise. Do you want to expand on that? Well, uh, they went from Independence Hall, which is, which is at 5th and Walnut, or, or 6th and Walnut, or the Washington, and then running across to Washington Square to the Reading Terminal in no time, and that's a distance of five five blocks up four or five blocks up three blocks over yeah it's a, they got, and they got there in no time which was amazing to me takes a bit takes a bit of time also one of the city hall shots seems like they entered one way but then exited the same one yep and when the when the little kid was going back and forth to the uh the franklin, the franklin institute the the septa bus that <laughs> was that was there mm-hmm it was it was Route 108, and Route 108 is a suburban bus, and it doesn't go to the airport. Oh, I had no idea about that. Uh, no, we uh, we we stopped and re- rewound it. It's like, no, nah, this isn't right. So you studied um, it intensely because you knew this was coming. <laughs> yep, and driving from Washington D.C., there's no reason to go across the Ben Franklin Bridge. That's you come up, you yeah, ninety five. I thought of that as well when it happened. Uh, I th- someone on a movie trivia page for National Treasure said it was purely because they wanted to keep with the Ben Franklin theme of the movie, which... I could be, or show the guess. skyline of the city. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if... I forget if they did or not, but... They yeah. do quickly, I think. But yeah, yep. this has been an issue for you in other Philadelphia-set movies. I remember you mentioning something about one of the Rockies and Invincible, the Mark Wahlberg Eagles movie, like they didn't make sense geographically. Well, it's amazing how fast Rocky gets from Kensington to South Philly. Right. Especially in the first one. 
and at the beginning of Rocky Two, how the Channel 10 news van is going towards City Hall and then ends up at Pennsylvania Hospital, which it's actually going away oh. from Pennsylvania Hospital. Yeah, that doesn't make sense now that you say it. No, not, no the, none of it does. Yeah, this was something that when in fourth grade, when I first saw this movie and you mentioned it, I didn't believe you. And now it's it hasn't ruined the movie for me, but it always sticks in the back of my head. <laughs> It's just it's it's just amazing how how they how they get there, and obviously nobody care. You know, it's it's not a documentary, right? It's just it's movie magic, and it's and it's scenes. But when but when you know what the scenes are, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, it's a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you for your time for interviewing for the show. No problem. Anytime, JC. All right. I realized when I was older is nonsense. Whatever Ben is doing, that's fine. He's just going across nondescript rooftops. But Ian, not Ian, Riley and Abigail run from City Hall to Reading Terminal Market in about one shot. That's around 12 to 15 blocks, I think. 10 to 12 blocks. It's because they speedy. And then immediately they go another six or so blocks to City Hall, running into City Hall in a direction you wouldn't go if you were approaching from Reading Terminal Market. That shot doesn't make sense. And then a later shot when she's falling down, I think they enter and exit the same side of City Hall, even though it looks like they pass right through. Because... The section where she hits a bike rider and loses the declaration and Ian gets it. That intersection is a total bitch. And I understand the problems, and I understand losing the declaration there. You heard it here, folks. (sighs) Nothing else of it is legitimate the whole time in Philly. But if you were to lose the Declaration of Independence, it would be there. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, what what if they were super fast though? Like, do you have to question the layout that's of the city first? Really, that that don't make sense. <laughs> it don't make sense. Wow! Uh, how did you take into account how much does the sun move in each shot? It's literally Could there be a one time of day change. It's literally one cut. They leave City Hall and then they're in the middle of Reading Terminal. Right. Where's the sun in the Reading Terminal shot? Nowhere, because they're inside. Ah, sounds like a loophole. (laughs) Doing a hand motion. Uh, Getting a fan. (laughs) So yes, as you just heard, the the declaration gets lost, gets back to Ian, and Ben gets picked up by the cops. He meets face to face with the detective, to now tell the whole story to and he the detective lets ben know that somebody's gonna have to go to prison so ben agrees to help them and try and set up ian but at the same time abigail and riley are also working with ian to try and get ben away from the cops it's a lot's going on at once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although, 
Ben being like, I don't think I should go to prison. You did steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, that's an extreme crime. I don't think there's a way out of it. Yeah, and an excuse, well, they were gonna steal it. It's like, but you did. I guess, like, there's a lot of money involved at the end. Well, yeah. So there's a message there about (laughs) that's the only way out. Yeah, But... But here and now, and this is also when Ben realizes there's probably more to the uh, here at the wall clue because he's fiddling around with the glasses and he's like, different colors can make different lights. Yes, the history light bulb goes off in his head. I guess maybe that's a color theory light bulb. I don't know. I always forget about this New York section. Yeah, yeah, I had forgotten about that as well. Uh, Ian, Ian calls Ben up and sets up a meeting on an aircraft carrier in New York, and Ben gets the you know he gets the wire and he he heads there. They take him in a helicopter. There's a lot of travel from Pennsylvania to New York and then back to Pennsylvania over the course of this. Do they not come back? No. The here at the wall stuff is Trinity Church. That's Wall Street Trinity and Broadway Church in New York. Ah, got it. It's where Hamilton's buried. Connor's dad would be very mad at you. <laughs> and maybe he will. He does um, try to listen when he knows the movie. Right on. <laughs> Hi, Connor's dad. <laughs> My brother's name is Connor, too, by the way. Oh, nice. I was going to say that. Yeah. So It's like we're brothers. I guess. But uh, I like Nicolas Cage's line of when he's talking to Harvey Keitel. You know what they say about fishing? Doesn't always work out so well for the bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. And uh, but this time, it does it does briefly work out okay for the bait. Um, the Ian has worked up a plan. They short out all the comms, uh, and he directs he directs Ben to a way to get out of custody, and Ben jumps off the boat into the water and swims away because he is a smart fish. Well, and they do mention he went to the Naval Academy. He has a diver's watch. He has a history as a diver in two lines throughout the past hour or so of the movie, and it finally pays off. That's true. There was I, They did say the thing about the diver's watch. I didn't remember the Naval's Aca- Naval Academy thing. Uh, when they're go when they're going through his apartment they're like listing off like who is this guy what did he do well he got this from georgetown doctorate in this Ah. and like the and they mentioned naval academy diver good pull good pull Uh, that scene would have been better if he did like a bunch of flips in the middle of the dive (laughs) and like landed it perfectly and then everyone clapped yeah (laughs) everyone on the boat turned around (laughs) to clap yeah. Good show, good show. And, and then the, the henchman who kind of looks like Liv Schreiber could have held up like a number on a card. Yeah, right? Yeah. 8.5. Uh, the FBI is trying to find him after he dives in, but sir, it's the Hudson. Nothing is visible except for the heroics of Sully Sullenberger. You'll be hard-pressed to find a time where Connor's not talking about Sully Sullenberger. I'm ripping it off from another podcast, but it makes me laugh when they do it, so I was like, I can make me laugh when I do it. Very well. Uh, 
So now the, uh, the gang is back and reunited with Ian. They have the deal that Riley and Abigail struck was that they will all find the treasure together and Ian can have it as long as he helps Ben get away. Ben knows that there's more to the clues, but he tries to tell Ian that there isn't. And then Ian is like, are you sure about that? I have a kidnapped your dad in this car. So Ben is like, no, there's more here. And they look at the thing. They look at the declaration with the two different bifocal colors. And they find out that there's more. There's more phrases in there. And it's the second phrase is a name. So, yeah, the... Glasses clues, one of the color combination reveals Parkington Lane, and another glasses combination reveals Beneath. So it's Beneath Parkington Lane, which is a street underneath and inside the church. Mm -hmm. So they go to Trinity Church, and they go down to the basement, and they find Parkington Lane on a old slab thing what do you it, you know in the wall <laughs> yeah but it's like the thing at the hospital but an old stone version like the morgue it's yeah it's like, a, like morgue a morgue drawer? slide morgue drawer crypt? but like yeah but it's a yeah it's a crypt um, so they ian bashes through the rock and there's a secret tunnel the most, the one huge iconic line that I had a spike of serotonin as soon as I heard it, just like, okay, who wants to go down the creepy tunnel first? I don't know why, but I was like, that was every commercial, that was every trailer, that was, like, ingrained. Yeah. Uh, this movie's really well paced. Yeah. Like, it's it's two hours and eleven minutes, it feels like an hour and twenty. Like, it's, uh, it's great. I wanted it to be like four hours though. I was sad when it ended. Apparently that's how long the original assembly cut was. Really? So I guess they have a lot of plot points they cut out or something? Dang. I'm gonna find those <laughs> deleted scenes. The original came with like like a chart of different clues and you had to solve it yourself. Yeah, you had smell vision and Rugrats Go Wild and then it was just like, no, now it's Cypher Vision. Yeah. Or a swiper vision going off of your Dora thing from earlier. Thank you. Uh, so they climb through the secret tunnel. A and what do they find in there? That is uh, old and rickety and wooden. That's leading down to, we assume, the treasure area. And uh, because the stairs are old and rickety, we lose a couple henchmen in there. I forgot Shaw dies. Yeah, I was not expecting him to be dead. I knew like there was some falling and some rickety stuff, but that was a little intense. <laughs> that was PG thirteen at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they all get on this little elevator and they sort of dumbwaiter down to a little compartment. Like a room area. It's, the next, it's a dead end. Yeah, it, it or it seems like a dead end. It's a dead end with a single lantern. Yes. Which 
Patrick yeah. finally getting into it is like, this is another clue. Because Boston, North Church, Paul Revere. Yeah. One if by land, two if by sea. One lantern, it's underneath that. So they, uh, so Ben and Patrick work together to tell Ian this whole bit about how the next place that he needs to go is to the North Church in Boston. And Ian is like, thanks for the hint. I'll be seeing you later. And then he takes the elevator and he gets out of there. And for a minute, it seems like, oh, crap, we're stuck here. But it was a it was a trick the whole time. That was a fake clue. Two if by sea. They came by sea. Exactly. You guys remember uh, what are they called? Brain blast from Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Nick Cage had so many of those throughout this movie. Like, he was just constantly brain blast. <laughs> also, one of the, I think, probably second craziest scene was during that when he dropped Abigail to save the Declaration of Independence. You remember that? Mm-hmm. That was wild. Yeah. And she was all on and board. She was cool yeah. With it. She's like, I would have done the yeah. same yeah. thing. She's, that document's more important than me. <laughs> I mean, it is the Declaration of Independence. But it's Abigail. Also true. Yeah. I just love how there's probably like some people who work like with the declaration just like sitting around being like, what do we do? Like, do we have off for these couple of days now that it's just like gone? I'm getting outsourced to the Constitution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we we didn't mention before uh, on on the way down this tunnel. Ben and Abigail have a little history smooch. Uh, they've been building up to that. That happens. Yeah, it's your classic adventure movie. Yep. Bickering lady and bickering man. Kiss. I I confess that in the beginning I did not see it. Like for the first for the first like scene, up until like before they get to the dad's house, I was like, well, these two people, two people don't like each other at all. Which I know is the point. But. That's yeah. That's that's how a lot of these movies work. You got <laughs> yeah, Brendan Fraser, and, you can see Brendan the Fraser spark. and Rachel Weiss. Yeah, but like, there's you know, there's a spark there in the beginning. This one, the spark happened you late. On, when they were breathing on that the was where it started there. for me. Yeah, that's very really. The excited. moment <laughs> Nicholas said "button," I felt the palpable chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when it started. Uh. But yeah, they send they send Ian off. Ian goes on a wild goose chase to Boston, and they go into the next room, which seems for a minute like, oh man, all the treasure is gone. It's just I a can't, big empty room. I can't believe they do a dead end empty treasure room fake out twice in a row. Yeah, a dead and end it works immediately after the dead end. <laughs> it works for me. Yeah, um, and. We know it's not a dead end that time because the whole thing we've been looking for is a secondary way out because the people who carved the tunnel would have for sure, the first thing they would have done is carved a way out because it's to avoid collapses and all that jazz. Um, So we look around a little and we find... Oh, he has the pipe still. He puts the pipe... Mm -hmm in a, oh yeah, a pipe-sized hole and then he turns it and it's a door and on the other side of the door is a treasure room full of all kinds of wild treasure 
massive treasure room. The reveal of just, like, lighten the one pit, and then it just, like, has the fire light the entire massive construction. It it rules. It got me. I had chills at that moment, even though I was like, I've seen this a trillion times. It's a good... That, yeah, that guy visceral memories of the, like, flame going all the way down. I think the first time I... I had one tear <laughs> strolling down my face. I think the first time I saw it, I was like, why is he trying to burn down the treasure? Doubt <laughs> it. I was like, ah, oh, he made... No one deserves it. He made yeah. a sacrifice. I'm not paying attention when they're talking. <laughs> and they're now they found the treasure there's a you know father and son having a, a sweet little like we did it moment you know ben and abigail share another history kiss and uh riley touches a blue man who's yep. not eating marshmallows or something is he a statue uh they, if he was blue if he was green he would die <laughs> uh so they they found the treasure they pop out the other side through another what do we, what do we call it the last time i've already wall. forgotten crypt. another wall crypt <laughs> yeah you pop out through another crypt hole in a is this also at the trinity it's church, still trinity church okay. yeah just in a different spot because you see the guy looking at the stuff that fell out of the first crypt and oh, then okay. they pop it's out the... and nicholas cage is like can i use your cell phone and he's like eh. <laughs> yeah Use the cell phone to call the detective. The detective is like, well, what do you, somebody's got to go to prison, man. And Ben's like, I have just the guy for that job. His name's Ian. His name's Ian, and he is near the North Church now in Boston doing something nefarious. So they scoop him up. All is well. It's a happy ending. Ben decides that He's not going to keep the treasure. He's going to split it up. Some's going to go here, and some's going to go to the wool, and some's going to go to different history museums throughout the world because, again, it's too big of a treasure for one person. They take, like, 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, Riley, Mr. Deeds it, and spends all of his on a car. And it's kind of funny, as he's driving the Ferrari away, you can hear that he doesn't know how to drive stick. I think it was just funny sound design to have everything grinding against each other. Yeah. And uh, that's that's it. That's the treasure. That is Nash. Pretty solid flick. Great movie. Big yeah. fan. Now, it's time for the thing that we do every episode, where we compare this movie to the pacifier. We rank it against it using our rock-solid criteria. You guys ready? Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So coming up first, we have the soundtrack. What do you guys think? It's not super memorable, but it's good. The rock music in National Treasure when Ian and the bad guys are, like, doing their thing. That's pretty cool. Right on. That's all I got. Yeah. I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like this isn't like how I remembered this. Like there were times when I tried to sing along to the score. Like, do I remember this? But it's it's good generic action music. I think. Uh, see, I I thought the score was memorable, but uh, no, there's not there's nothing lyrically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a flat nothing. 
there's not even the Star Spangled Banner. Right. He can't find a clue in that. No, no, no. Next up, where does our uh, lead actor fall on the dieselometer, which is a running scale of all of Vin Diesel performances, both on screen and off? If it has Vin Diesel, it counts. It's uh, it's charm. It's likability. It's dieselness. What have you? What did you say? So, in the early 2010s, as the Marvel Cinematic Universe was getting bigger and bigger, uh, the lead actor is obviously Nick Cage as Ben Gates, uh, Vin Diesel was all over his Facebook and his social media campaigning for a Marvel role. He initially wanted Black Bolt in The Inhumans, but he would just keep talking it up, keep sharing all the fan art, and that's kind of what got him Groot in the first place. So it's that. It's his determination to get something that seemed a little ludicrous. So it's Vin Diesel Facebook circa 2010-ish. Right. Matt, what'd you say? Wow. Nick Cage. I think he wins. Also, I think it would be really interesting to see a, a role reversal. Like, imagine... Nick Cage in Fast and well in Pass Pacifier in Fast and Furious, and then Vin Diesel in National Treasure. I just think that's funny, but I think like Nick Cage's performance was superb. I think I think it'd be like the Family Man is probably the closest to Nick Cage in the Pacifier. Yeah, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this one. This is like uh, Find Me Guilty. Uh, ben has like. It's a weird, specific charisma, but it is a charisma that he is able to ride to his success. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, next up, what did the uh, director go on to do? Uh, this is directed by John Turtletob who is a real person, not just a J.K. Simmons character in BoJack Horseman. Um, <laughs> you got me. That's, yeah, no, I re- that's why I think the first time I saw that in BoJack Horseman, I almost cried laughing, because I was like, he's a turtle, but that's the National Treasure Man. Uh. <laughs> uh, he directed, of course, National Treasure Book of Secrets, Jay Baruchel's The Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, Last Vegas, a lot of TV show stuff. The last movie he's directed so far has been The Meg, that giant shark movie <laughs> from two years ago. Okay. And two episodes of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I watched the pilot of and it was okay. I People seem to really like it. I watched, uh, watched five or six minutes of that this week because it came on before This Is Us, which, if you're listening to this now, is uh, a month ago to you. Um, seemed, like, seemed like adult glee to me. Yeah, that's... Which interested me. I think that's why I watched the pilot and, like, wasn't gonna keep watching it, because I was like, oh, like, I like musical shows, but I want original songs. <laughs> but that's just me. Interesting. From National Treasure to The Meg, that's pretty crazy. Like, they're both very suspenseful films, but... I mean, just so different. even beforehand, he had a lot of differences. He did The Kid, that uh, movie ah, with, Bru- with Bruce the Willis kid meets... the airplane. I thought it no, was No, that's The, the where... Aviator. I... Yeah, the kid is the one where Bruce Willis <laughs> is going to turn 40 and he meets uh, his, his Spencer Breslin, yeah. his younger self, yeah. Uh, cool Runnings, While You Were Sleeping. Oh, 
No way. Yeah. Turtle Top did that? Yeah, Turtle Top's done a lot of a lot of fun stuff. I I love Turtle Top now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh next up. Did you like it as a kid? Would you have liked it as a kid? I feel like this one's probably pretty easy across the board. Hell yeah, brother. Same. Alexa. Shh. Alexa wanted to chime in about how much she <laughs> yeah, right. loved it as a kid. That was the thing that got her. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to say this. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, as a kid, adult, I'll probably watch it until I'm, you know, 100 years old. Yeah. So I'll show my kids someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think is an appropriate age for like a kid to enjoy that movie? Well, let's see. What eight? Yeah, it's oh four. I was nine, but I think eights. Okay, eight because yeah. this is a good like get them into adventure movies. Like you show them this before you show them Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think I saw Indiana Jones before I saw this one. Right. Okay. Well, not that that. <laughs> well, fine, bad. fine. My thoughts about non-existent <laughs> children are terrible. I guess. Well, it's because those were uh, Around VHSs first. at the library, yeah. Yeah. It's the same way I saw the original Star Wars. Is... The reason I ask is because, like, I'm just thinking when my kid turns two, I'm going to want to put on National Treasure. Just, like, watch this movie <laughs> with me. But I don't know if that's that's too soon, maybe. Yeah, They're going to have to explain a lot of stuff. They probably get but... it, but... <laughs> they can't talk, really. <laughs> yeah. You have to check in all the time. Like, are you? Are you seeing this? He's gonna take the declaration, right? It'll just be an excuse so I can watch it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Was there anything as memorable as the Peter Panda dance? Philly sequences for me. All right, Matt. What about you? Yeah, to me it was the the lemon and hot breath scene on the declaration, and then when he drops her. And just is like, sorry. <laughs> See you later. Uh, you you might die. <laughs> you might fall to your death. But this declaration, I love it. So yeah, those two things probably. Uh, nothing tops the line for me. Uh, wow. Stealing the Declaration of Independence. And yeah. Uh, next up, who was the Brad Garrett or Carol Kane of the film? The memorable wacky side character. It's got to be Riley, right? That's who I had. I liked uh, the lady when Riley and Abigail were running away, and they were in like that shopping center. The Reading Terminal the lady, lady, yeah, yeah, who was helping her hide from her like ex husband. Oh yeah, I see why you left him. <laughs> she she was funny to me. Mm. <laughs> she was a runner up online too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last. But certainly not least, is there anything as batshit insane as the Sound of Music subplot in The Pacifier? Which, in case you don't remember, it's a short, it's a it's a subplot that comes in with like 20 minutes left of the film. Seth, the boy that Vin Diesel is watching, is in trouble at school because he's skipping wrestling practice. And when they look in his locker, they find he's got a Nazi armband. He's got bleached blonde hair. And uh, he seemed a little Nazi-ish. So uh, Vin Diesel hops on a children's bike and he chases Seth to 
a local theater downtown where we find out he's not a Nazi. He's just playing Rolf in the community theater production of The Sound of Music with like a 40-year-old Lisa. Vin Diesel later goes on to direct that performance and cast Brad Garrett as Mother Superior. Is there anything as insane as that? So, we all know that there has not been a National Treasure 3 yet. And recently, I believe it was an interview with Collider, one of the writers came out and said what it was. Like, this was made during the Michael Eisner era of Disney, where they were cool with taking a lot of risks and spending a lot of money on whatever. The sequel was made during the Bob Iger era, which is all about vertical integration. How do we squeeze every last drop out of this franchise? So when they were talking about National Treasure 3 initially, Bob Iger looked at it, everybody looked at it and said, there's nowhere we can fit this in the parks. We don't need to make another one. It's because they couldn't think of where to put a theme park ride, which just replaced the Hall of Presidents with a National Treasure show. But I mean, Just that's a hall of Nick Cage. Yeah, exactly. You could have your own stunt show there. But yeah, I think it's insane that that's the one reason that there's not a third movie in the franchise. I, I think it could happen. Still. I think I think they're talking about Disney Plus because like now Disney Plus, they can just shove whatever they want onto that. Right. Um, Matt, what'd you say? Did Nick Cage win any kind of reputable award for this performance? No. You guys know? To me, that's the crazy thing. No, this... That's all I got. This movie actually wasn't well-received. It, uh, its initial Rotten Tomatoes run got a 46%. Wow. Yeah, I... That's wild, because have you ever met somebody who didn't like this movie? No. Right? It, it's no. Most of it's probably a nostalgia thing, but, like, no. Yeah, but even still... It's a it's a solid likable movie. Like just yeah. looking at it without nostalgia glasses. That's usually like the first criteria I have to, when I make friends. I'm like, do you like National Treasure? If they say no, I keep walking. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I was split. I, I was split between the fact that this treasure was closely guarded until the 1800s and then not guarded at all. None of the facilities are upkept. No secrets have been passed on. Hey, um, man, you don't have to hide. You don't have to guard a good hidey hole. I guess, man. But sure. You're, I just feel like if you're doing a thing and there's like secret societies, the secret societies don't really go away. They just, I don't know, they change for new times. Um, and the other thing I was split between was the fact that Ian tells us that his main hustle is heists and like plotting things like that and then his plans are like all right man we're just gonna storm it smash and grab well we don't really see his plans in detail because he's not the hero yeah that's fair but like they involve coming down the elevator in a team of three to four and tasering all the guards it's like must must have worked, some. yeah. worked somehow. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I had. So that brings us to the uh, final rating. You guys have a, a rank and a rating for this, and whether you thought it was better or worse. 
I gave it nine roast pork sandwiches from Denix out of ten. And I think it's better than The Pacifier. I think it's a genuinely great and fun movie. All right. Matt, what do you... When I first heard of this... Yeah, when I first heard of, like, the premise of this podcast, I was like, there's no way. There's not a movie out there that is going to top The Pacifier. And then you said National Treasure. I was like, oh, crap, there is. So I would give... I could say anything for this. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Any kind of rating? Yep. Okay. Uh... Pacifier, 45 out of 48 golden stars. And National Treasure, 48 out of 48. All right. Even golden or stars, yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys both went with the better. Um, I give it four I Spies and a bottle of lemon zest. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't think it's, it's better, but it's a classic and – we all love this movie, man. I was happy I got to watch it again. Yeah, right? We should all watch it together sometime. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can meet up in Philly or something. Connor can tell us where to go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, uh, yeah. that's our discussion on National Treasure. Thank you for being on, Matt. And now for next week's episode... Matt has our movie, and he's going to give us some clues to see if we can guess what it's going to be. It's time to play the Coming Attractions game. Wow. This is an honor. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, Thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought about this for a while. I wish I could do National Treasure 2, but like I don't. we've already kind of talked about it for a long time. So, movie I'm going to pick, it's another treasure hunting movie but for even younger audiences. Did we talk about the main character at all during this episode? Absolutely, yes. And is it an adaptation? Yeah. Is it like from the past two years or so, maybe? Uh-huh. I, well, I think so. It's probably like, yeah, if not three or four, I would say. Weird. I think I know what it is, and that's... It's not Shrek. No. Is this... No, it's not Shrek. Is this Dora the Explorer and the Lost City of Gold? Guys, it's a good movie. I watched <laughs> it recently. Alright. I watched it recently because it popped up on my screen. And I saw Swiper. I saw Dora. I was like, I gotta watch this film. And I'm not gonna say too much about it, but you, you guys will be impressed. I'm intrigued it looks i too am intrigued it looks insane from the uh trailers i remember oh it's on amazon prime which is great uh it came out in case you want to watch along with us listening yeah came out in 2019 okay all right well yeah enjoy it awesome (laughs) thank you very much for being on uh do you have anything you want to plug where can people find you on the internet matt oh um bing.com um actually probably nothing will come up if you do that i the only thing that i really do in my free time i'm i'm on uh tiktok it's like a popular cell phone application you may have heard of it tiktok and my name is martin goofy guy on there so i think you just search that and then you'll probably find some of my videos i just did post a video about uh, nick cage i was doing an audition for his role in national treasure so you can check that out nice um, <laughs> 
yeah, it was just me saying the line, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence over and over, but, like, in different ways. So, that's, yeah, that's me. I'll check it out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Of course. Yeah. And for us, as always, you can follow us anywhere at No Highway Pod. Um, you, uh, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You can, uh, uh, my brain just completely blanked out. No highway option on YouTube. Oh yeah, no highway option YouTube channel, of course. Uh, chicken. Yeah, yeah. Um, much like Nicolas Cage in National Treasure and National Treasure 2, we have long been on the hunt for one of this nation's great secrets. And that great secret is the Yukon Gold Chicken Wing Sauce at the now-closed Rafters Bar and Grill in Amherst, Massachusetts. So if any of our listeners out there can get us in touch with the folks who used to own that restaurant, we're really trying to crack the Coke. It's not, it's not too much treasure for one man to have, but it's pretty close. Help us crack the Coke. Thank you for finally admitting this is a one-man thing. I'm not involved in it. Um, and one man doesn't really sound like us, Connor. Us yeah, I know. Like a you're, more than one man thing. You're the one who said for one man. Right, you admitted it at last. I win. Um, and you can call our number if you have the chicken thing, or if you just want to call about anything else, you can call the uh, Highway Patrol tip line at three zero one nine four one seven four nine three or three zero one nine four one size. We will play your message on the show, and yeah, you can talk about whatever you want, and we'll we'll play it. We've shown you proof in the past that we do. Yes. And, uh, of course, thank you so much to Ian C. Weber for composing our theme song, uh, The Sea... Whose turn is it for The Sea this week? Do not remember. I have one if you don't. You can go ahead. Copernicus. The C stands for Copernicus this week. All right. Uh, you can uh, follow the link in our show description for to listen to all of Ian's cool stuff. And uh, I just have I have one plug this week. The week that you're listening to this is uh, last. I guess it was last summer. Now I worked on a project of ten minute plays that became short films due to the COVID and the world changing. Uh, so those will finally be dropping. This is the Tuesday the 9th. It'll be this following weekend. So you can check those out on the Silverthorne Theater Company website. I believe they have a uh, Facebook and Twitter. They have all the stuff. Um, and you'll find links to that on there. Um, and by the time this is posted, we can post them. Check those out. I think there's some kind of voting component. So uh, see my face and vote for it. <laughs> I don't think I have any projects outside of this and my TikTok, but I don't feel like plugging that. <laughs> so, that's that. Uh, Better move fast before I plug it for you! Thank you again for being here, Matt. And thank you all for listening. Tune in next week when we talk Dora the Explorer and the Lost City of Gold with another special guest. But for now, for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. And, as and I've been Matt. And as always, these have been our opinions. And if you didn't agree with them, that is too bad because it's our way. 
No, no highway, highway option. Not good time is a dishes The theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description. No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.